return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. Everyone have a good day today? Thank you, Jesus. It almost it felt like it was July out there. I think my car read 91. Or something. So, 88. 88. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, the Lord said, you know, that, that um, you know, he gave us seasons, right? And that's one thing I'm so grateful for in South Dakota. We have all four seasons. Now, you know, some might say, well, this season's too long or this season's too short. But praise the Lord, we have seasons. Amen. I love living in South Dakota because... Um, there's not really very many poisonous things up here. I don't like poisonous things. I don't mind spiders. I don't mind snakes as long as they're not going to, uh, you know. I, I do claim the scripture if anything poisonous bites me, it by no means affects me. I can just shake it off in the fire like Paul did. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, one of the many reasons I love living in South Dakota. So. Hallelujah. Let's just pray before we get started. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you. Um, that we can come, we can be together and listen to what you have to say, say to us, Lord. Um, that we can listen um, what, your, what your marching orders are for us or what you want us to do. Father, we thank you that, there's a, that there's, a, there's a world out there that needs you, Lord. And we're so grateful that we can be a part of this awesome thing that you're doing here in Brookings, in this state, Lord, in this, in this country, in this world. And Lord, we, we thank you that that we're here now to go out and to preach your gospel, to go out and be ambassadors for you, Jesus. And we, we don't take it lightly. We, we don't take it for granted. Lord, we thank you for this awesome responsibility you've given us. Thank you for teaching us to, uh, tonight your word and have us hear exactly what you want us to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to talk about letting your light shine. And, uh, you know, one thing that I want to do this year I know the fire starters do it, I think, every year, but <clears throat> go downtown and witness at the bars during Hobo Day um, when a lot of people are there. And, and that's something that I have a vision for the church, just members that want to go and just witness and just be a light to people and, uh, and just say hi and give tracks and smile. And I think it's, you don't see it very often anymore. You know, I think it, you used to see it all the time. People would go around and hand out tracts. Pastor Dave always talks about they've, hand, they've handed out thousands and thousands of tracts. And, uh, and I have two, and when I was in fire started, we did the same thing. But I think it's something that is just good, you know, because a track is really a light in a dark place, you know. And uh, it's a way to let our light shine. And, and just being there telling people, hey, Jesus loves you. He has a good plan for you. Here, I want you to read about this plan that he has for your life, you know, and and uh, doesn't matter their response. Like I've always, like I've talked about before, we, you know, when we go out, when the sower goes out to sow, you know, in the parable, you know, there's seed that falls in different areas, amen. So 
not all the seed that we're going to throw out is going to be on good soil. There might be some on stony ground. There might be some by the wayside. Amen. But it's important that we have a bunch of seed in us. Amen. That we can continue to throw out. That we can continue to, uh, to honor the Lord and give glory to Him. Amen. Because there are seeds that are going to fall on good soil. Amen. There's some that's going to... Uh, it's going to produce 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So as we plant seeds, amen, um, the kingdom grows. Amen. The more seeds we plant, the faster the kingdom grows. Amen. And I believe our God is a God of exponential growth. So if one person leads, leads one person to the Lord, amen, and then you have two, and those two lead two more, you have four, it just keeps growing exponentially. Amen. And, and that's, what, that's what God wants us to do. Amen. He wants us to be a light. And, uh, you know, one thing that the Lord showed me was if you're in a dark place, instead of cursing the darkness, it's better to light a candle. Amen. If I curse the darkness, it's not going to go. But if I light a candle, amen, the darkness has to leave. Amen. Anytime you have light, anytime you bring light into a place, darkness has to go wherever that light is. Um, If we were to turn off all the lights in here, it would be dark except for the light outside. But as soon as we turn the light on, amen, we can't, we can't turn the darkness on, right? The darkness is just the absence of the light. But as soon as we turn the light on, the whole room fills with light, amen? And we, we see this, and we've done this at our Christmas celebration before. We all have a candle, and, uh, you know, it's dark in there, but when everybody's candle is lit, you see everybody's faces, and it's lighter, Amen? And so when Christians go out and we evangelize and we preach and we teach a good message of the gospel, amen, that allows others to get their candle out, so to speak, and another light to be, to, to be in the world. And, uh, and so if you shine your light, it's going to take care of the darkness. Amen. I think you have you know, people that want to call judgment on cities and different things um, unnecessarily when really we can just go into and we can shine a light. Um, in those cities that, that um, maybe, you know, from our view, we say, well, they're not living for the Lord. And, but the Bible says that if you've broken part of the law, you've broken the whole law anyways. Amen. So the world just in itself is dark. Amen. And so Christians are light. And in Genesis 1, verse 2, the Bible says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So we see in the, in the beginning that there was darkness. The earth was dark. Amen. And before even the sun came into being, before even the moon or the stars came into being to give us light, God said, let there be light. I'm going to project my light from me, and I'm going to lighten this place up. Amen. And and, and it really shows me that light, we don't get light from the sun, but we get light from Jesus. Amen. We get light from him. And, and he's the one that as we go out, that we can let his light shine through us. Amen. He didn't say, let there not be darkness. He didn't try to drive out the darkness. Amen. No, he said, let there be light. Because light is more powerful than darkness. The devil wants to tell us that the darkness is more powerful and that it can overcome the light. But darkness can't overcome the light unless, you know, light has to make an effort to shut off. You know, I'd, I'd have to make an effort to shut off the, the switch, right? But light can overcome darkness. Amen. And that's what, there was darkness on the face of the deep. God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
And when he said, let there be light, the darkness was automatically driven away. So he didn't have to say, darkness, I drive you out in the name of Jesus. Or he wouldn't say in the name of Jesus, in me, in my name. But, you know, he said, let there be light. Amen. And so as ministers of the gospel, we're called to do the same. We're called to say to a situation or to an area, let there be light, and light has to happen in that area. Amen. And so, you know, we, we go and we, we minister to people and we evangelize and we get share our testimonies of people. And well, what are we saying? Let there be light. We're saying, let there be light in this person's life. Let there be light wherever I'm going, in the, in the supermarket, um, at a ball game, wherever it is. Um, we want to be ready to say, oh yeah, I got, you're in a dark place. I got something for you. I got a light for you. Amen. So as ministers of the gospel, we're called to do that. So um, we don't call judgment on cities or on sins, but because we have Jesus in us, when we speak, light goes forth. Amen. Uh, I was sitting in the back at the women's conference too, and you know there was talk a lot of talk about our words, you know, and, and being able to speak about things, and um, and so when we we can either speak life to a situation or we can speak death. To a situation, we can either speak light to something or we can speak darkness to something. Amen. So we want to speak life, amen, because we have Jesus inside of us, and that's what we want to happen. And John eight twelve says that Jesus spoke to them again, saying, "I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life." And so, you know, if, if it's if you're in the woods and it's dark in the woods and you're trying to help somebody find their way, what do you do? If you have a flashlight, you turn on your flashlight and you'll light the path. I mean, as Christians, we're called to light the path for others to follow. Amen? We're called to the light that we have to give it to others so that they can, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to go. Amen? And that's what we want to do as Christians. And I'm talking about this, again, because I want to prime us for when we do, if anybody that wants to go out, goes out, and uh, maybe you haven't been in a situation where you've uh, gone and, and given, handed out a track. Or where you've uh, evangelized or witnessed, you know, at the bars or whatever. And I'll tell you what, it's, I, I feel like it's once you start doing it, it's easy to do. Sometimes easier to do it to people that just have a church affiliation or anything like that, because people know that they're not living right. Amen. I believe everybody knows, you know, in some way, shape, or form that they need somebody. They just don't know who it is. They all, everybody knows that there's a whole that's in their heart that needs to be filled with Jesus, but they don't know that it's Jesus that needs to fill their heart. Amen. And so when we show love and we show, and we just give people life, amen, then they can decide what they want to do with that on their own. Amen. But we're going out and we're giving them a light. As Christians, you know, we do the same thing. We, when someone's living in sin, we don't want to tell them what they're doing. Oh, man, that's terrible what you're doing right there. You that's horrible. You're going, for, you're going to hell for sure because of that. No, they, they don't need to hear that, right? What, what do they need to hear? No, you have a, Jesus loves you. He has a better plan for your life. Amen. He has something good planned for you. Just turn to him and he'll, you know, he'll be there for you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And that's the message, amen, that as Christians, that's what we want to say to people. Jesus loves you. Amen. Sometimes it's easy to say, well, yeah, it's it's pretty bad what they're doing over there, you know. But no, we want to speak life. We want to, we want to uh, be a light to somebody. Amen. We want to be uh, somebody that if they go away, 
and you witness to them that they will say, you know, if they're thinking about the Lord, they say, I'm going to call so-and-so. I wonder what they think about this. But if we're judgmental, they're not going to want to come back to us, are they? If, if somebody's, if, if we're trying to witness to somebody and we're telling them all the things they're doing wrong and saying, well, if you don't change, you're going to hell, you know, and that's just kind of our message. Okay, so that's true, right? If somebody's living in sin and they don't know Jesus, yeah, that's true. But is that how we want to present the message of the gospel? Amen. The gospel, what is the gospel? It's good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, so we don't want to tell them how bad it is what they're doing, but we want to show them how good our God is through our actions and through our words. Amen. The Bible says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. Amen. So as we show the goodness of God and what he's done in our life and, and just flood the, somebody with goodness, amen, then that's going to be more effective at leading people to, uh, leading people to Jesus and leading people to repentance than the other way around. Right? Then if we were to speak judgment, you know, because, you know, some people will go, we were, we were just talking about, um, and maybe I might be getting messages mixed up, but in the youth this morning, we watched this video, and, uh, you know, and it was talking about the speaker went to a play, and in this play, there was a, there was a little girl and her mom, and they got in a car crash and died. And they went, and there was the big pearly gates and the angels singing and everything. And, and God comes with this loud, thundering voice, let's see if you're in the book of life. And he turns it, you know, and there's your name, you know. And, and then it showed a scene where uh, a boy and his father were also driving and got in a car accident and died. And, and in that case, the little boy went to hell. And the speaker said, well, you know, he was, he said he was five years old at the time. He said, oh, I just knew I needed to get down to the front because I didn't want to go to hell. So many times I think people just want to try to avoid hell and so they run to the Lord instead of seeing, oh, wow, it's so much better over here. It's so much, there's so much good over here. That's why I want to go. We don't want people, you know, we want people to be saved by any means necessary, but it's going to stick more if we say, Look at the goodness of God. Look what he has for you as opposed to what's on the other side. Amen. And, uh, you know, usually, anyways, if you say, you know, if you, if you highlight the bad, the devil gets free advertising when we highlight the bad. Amen. Even if we say, oh, it's, that's terrible, it's terrible, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> if my wife tonight said, um, you know, if I was hungry and she said, no, we don't want a Big Mac. Don't get a Big Mac. It's bad for you. It's going to you know, clog your arteries, now don't get a Big Mac, you know, you need to eat a salad, you know, but don't get the Big Mac. Well, my, my mind's on the Big Mac. I want the Big Mac at this point. I don't want the salad, but if I'm hungry and she doesn't even mention the Big Mac and says, you know, let's have a nice salad and just tries to keep my mind focused on the salad, I'll probably still get the Big Mac, but in this illustration, <laughs> amen, in this illustration, uh, my mind's focused more on the salad, right? So if we, if we lead people to the goodness of God and we, and we have them think about the goodness of God and the light and the life and the love that he provides for us, amen, then it's going to take people's mind off of the drinking. It's going to take people's mind off of whatever it is. That's just one, that's just one area. But, but we want to lead people to the goodness of God. The goodness of God leads to repentance, amen. 
The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but the, by the trickery, excuse me, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head. So when we speak the truth, again, it is true that, yeah, if you don't turn for this, you're going to go to hell, you know, and if we continue, if we, if we, um, if that's our message, yeah, it's true, amen, but when we speak the truth in love, what does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means we're talking about Jesus more than we're talking about judgment. We're talking about heaven more than we're talking about hell, amen. So he said, he says we want to speak the truth in love, and I think there's a difference between something that's true and something that's truth. I mean, the, the doctor can give you a report that's true, but what does the truth say? What does Jesus say about your situation? What does Jesus say about your finances? What does Jesus say about your health? Amen. And so we want to focus on the truth. And there's a lot of things that are true, you know, that, that the world will say, you know, you know and science will say, and different things like that. But what's the truth? Well, the truth is that Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you to go to heaven. Amen. Jesus wishes that none should perish, but all come to repentance. Amen. So when we talk to people about Jesus, we want to do it in love. We want to still speak the truth. We don't want to sugarcoat the word of God, but we can still speak it in love. Amen. So we as Christians have been given an important job. And our job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, within that, we have different areas of ministry um, that he's called us to. Amen. We're all members of the body of Christ, but we're members individually, so I all have different things. Amen. Um, but as we do our ministry, uh, we work together. It's like when, they're in, when the, the disciples, 120, were in the upper room, it said they were all in one accord. They're all working together. They had all, all had one mind and one purpose for being there. In the body of Christ as, as a whole, we want to get to a place where we all have one mission. And that mission, the simplest mission is tell people about Jesus. Amen? But I think you have a lot of different organizations that go in different directions. And it's kind of like, you know, the body of Christ almost gets stretched thin because there's not one focal point. And if there's one focal point, who is Jesus, then what, ca- what happens? Well, then everything kind of starts to mesh together. Some of the doctrinal things that people don't agree on as much kind of get pushed to the wayside, and the message is only Jesus can save. Amen. When that's the message, and, and all these other little spats and different things that happen are pushed to the wayside, then we can start to accomplish things in the body of Christ. Then we can start to get things done. Amen. Look at, look, let's look at John 1. John 1, 4. The Bible says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light, who is Jesus. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So the reason we have light even to give is because of Jesus. Amen? That's the reason we have light. It says that, that he was the true light, and he gives light to every man, every person. Amen. Every man, woman, and child gives light to every man coming into the world. And so even when you see somebody that's maybe 
not walking with the Lord and living in sin, well, this would lead me to believe that there's still a little light in them that needs to be broken out, that needs to shine forth. Amen. And so when we preach the gospel, and, and Jesus was great at this, obviously, but when he walked the earth, he could find um, the good part about people. He could find the goodness of people. He could speak to their talents. Amen. He could speak to their abilities that God had given them. Amen. And so when we turn people, when people turn from the darkness into the light, and they're translated into his marvelous light, then it's like they have all these gifts that instead of were being maybe used for the devil, are now being used for God. Amen? So we all have light. I think of, I think of musicians, you know. There's so many types of music out there. I mean, it, it has to be one of the biggest industries in the world, music. Amen? And just think of all the people that are using their gift not for the Lord. You have a, you have a small percentage that use their gift for the Lord. Well, just think if we could change, if, if the Lord could change one musician's heart. Somebody that, you know, sings secular songs, they change their heart, and now what? Now they're a light to people in their influence. Because we all have a sphere a spirit of influence, amen? We all have people that we can influence on a daily basis. And so it's important, again, that the Bible says we're ambassadors to Christ. Now, if I'm an ambassador somewhere, I am taking exactly verbatim what the president or the prime minister is telling me, and I'm going and I'm giving that message. I'm not giving my opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, well, you know, this is what the prime minister thinks, but I think, no, I'm not doing that. I'd lose my job, right? As ambassadors of Jesus Christ, we take the message that he's given us and we go out and we say the message verbatim. It's not like, yeah, well, that's what the word says, but my opinion is... No, we take the word, amen. And the Bible says that, that um, Satan's the author of confusion. I think a lot of times we try to, not we, but, but people will try to confuse what the word says and try to muddy it up a little bit. But the Bible says, you know, the word is simple. You know, that Paul said, I don't want your minds to be go away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Amen. So we want to make it simple. Amen. And so... He is the light, and the reason we have light is because of his life. So if Jesus didn't come down to earth to live, man wouldn't have any light. Because the light source, again, is not from the sun, it's not from the moon, it's not from the stars, it's from God. That's that's our light source. And so the only way we have light is because of him. And because Jesus gave his life, he gave us his unquenchable light as well. You know that the light inside of you can't be quenched. Unless you quench it yourself. Amen? The light inside of you can't be quenched unless you quench it yourself. His, his goal and his, his, his uh, purpose for us is to let our light shine all the time. All the time. No matter what mood we're in. Right? The light he gave us is eternal and cannot be diminished by darkness. And I think that's, a, that's such a... Um, for me, that was a a great revelation because there's times in your life where you feel like, wow, this is a really dark time in my life. This, things are going really bad in my life. But he gave us eternal life. <clears throat> and even when darkness comes, it can't diminish it. It's kind of like joy. And he gave us joy. And we can have joy through Jesus. Even in our darkest moments, we can still have joy. Even in our darkest moments, we can still have peace. Not from our own understanding, not from our own heart, 
but by, not by my might, not by my strength, but by His power, says the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. <clears throat> so He gave us this light. So Matthew 5.14, now He turns it back to believers. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, <clears throat> he turns it on us. He says, now you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Amen. So, our light, you know, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's a salvation for everyone who believes. Amen. So, again, the only one that can put a basket over our light is us. Amen. So, nor do they light a lamp put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand. And I think of a lampstand as, you know, when you walk into a room, you know, and, and you know, what's some of the some of the things you say? Well, you see, you know, a dresser, you see bed, lampstand. I'd say a lampstand would be like a dresser. You know, it'd be on a dresser, right? So as lights of the world, when people walk into a room, it should be like, wow, it's, it's brighter, you know, it's brighter in here. Amen. When we're in the room, it's brighter in here. It's noticeable. Amen. Everybody's it's Monday at work. Everybody's upset. Well, why isn't so-and-so upset? Why, why, what's different about them? Why are, they're always happy on a Monday, right? That's the way of being a light. If you feel you're not living your life for Jesus or going through a rough patch, just remember that you have the light of the God Almighty within you. Amen? This unquenchable light within you, and it's not going away. Amen? There's an unlimited supply. I think, I think like this, so that we have a candle... And if you light a candle, there's almost an unlimited supply of other candles you can, you can light. I mean, you just, as, until it burns all the way down, you can light a bunch of other candles, right? So, as us, if we have an unquenchable light, amen, then we can go around and we can light other people's candles. You know, we can, we can go and we can witness, we can evangelize, we can tell people about Jesus until the end of our life. There's never a period where it's like, Oh, well, I can't witness to somebody now. Look what I'm going through. No, there's never a point like that because he's given us his light. His light is on the inside of us. Amen. We just need to take it out from under the basket. Let it shine bright. Amen. And know that our light comes from Jesus. And as we read the word and learn more about about our ministry and what he's called us to do, we start to change to be more like him. You know, because... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, so our faith continues to grow. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So all people have the opportunity to see the light of Jesus through us. Amen. If we let the light of Jesus shine through us. Hallelujah. Because it says, it's no longer I who live. And, and that's for me, you know, I think that's one of those, those ultimate, uh, you know, you feel like when you can say that, it's like, wow, you know, um, it's, like a, it's like another level when I can say, I'm not living, Lord, live through me. All your actions I want to happen through me. Amen. And that's, that's something that as we read the word, as we continue to, to uh, preach the gospel, as we continue to let him have his way in us, and the Holy Spirit have his way in us, amen, then we can start to see, wow, you know, 
that person over there, you know, they really act act like Jesus. Amen. They really they love anybody. No matter what they've been wrong, they love anybody. Amen. And that's when we when we say it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that's what we're saying. We're acting like Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit lives in us, so now we have the ultimate supply of light. And our job really is just to walk around shining bright. Amen. And part of how we do that is we uh, evangelize, we witness, we tell people about him. Luke 10, 1 through 11. It says, uh, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 other also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. You notice another thing, you know, a lot of Jesus' evangelism was done outside of the church. Amen. So Sunday mornings, it's great to come here and, and love seeing everybody and talking about different things of the gospel. But our mission field is out of the church. Amen. So he sent them out to every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house, and if the Son of Peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. So, when we go and we evangelize somebody, and they, and they accept it, then it's like, okay, it's an open invitation to stay, amen, to continue to tell, talk about Jesus. We, then we see in verse... Uh, uh, verse um, 8, whatever city you enter, they receive you, eat such things as set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But then in verse 10 it says, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. And I, and I wanted to point this verse out just to say that not everybody's going to accept the word that you have. Not everybody's going to accept the word that you have for him. Amen. And uh, in, this, in this case, Jesus said, don't even, don't even give it two thoughts. Just go on to the next city. And I think in our life sometimes, you know, it's easy um, to get stuck on somebody who's very, very stubborn, who doesn't want to know who Jesus is, and miss out on other opportunities to witness to those that may be more open. And again, what, what happens is, um, it all comes back to the body of Christ, how we're members individually. Amen. So if Jeremy witnessed to somebody who had a hard heart towards the Lord, and he just witnessed to them, and they didn't want anything to do with them, well, then Jeremy can go to somebody else. Well, then maybe Steve comes across the same person, and maybe at that point his heart's a little softer. And maybe Steve witnesses, and he still doesn't want it, but, but Steve then you know, witnesses to him, you know, goes on to somebody else. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about family members. I mean, family members you have all the time. They're always in your life, right? But I'm talking about somebody that you, maybe you don't know as well. Okay, then, then Steve goes on to somebody else. Well, then maybe uh, Roger. Then Roger goes and he witnesses the same guy. And maybe at that time his heart is right. It's where it needs to be to receive what Jesus wants for him. Amen? And so God, you know, I think God sometimes orchestrates things that, even God knows, well, they're not going to hear it at this point in their life. But maybe a couple years down the road, maybe they'll hear it at this point. The Bible says that our God is long-suffering. He's patient. Amen. Again, he doesn't will any should perish, but all come to the knowledge of the truth. 
So all we can do is be a light to people. People have to decide whether or not they want to receive it. Amen. Sometimes it can be easy to get discouraged if you, you know, especially going out and witnessing on the street and, and you know, you, you try to witness to somebody and they, have, they don't want anything to do with it. And it's easy to be disappointed about it. But just know that you've done what you've been called to do. Amen. Just do what we're called to do and, and things will start to happen. Amen. Go out. Who was it? Heidi Baker, uh, you know, has a, a healing ministry, but um, the Lord had told her she, he wanted to heal the blind. Or was it the deaf? I can't remember. But 99 people prayed for, didn't receive healing, but it was that 100th person prayed for either the ears or the eyes were open. I can't remember. And she has this great healing ministry. Keep doing what God's called you to do. You never know when that one time's going to come. You never know when the opportunity's going to come up where somebody is receptive to what you're saying. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't get down if you feel like, well, you know, I've, went, I've ministered to all these people and, and nobody's hearing me. You know, nobody's getting saved in my ministry. Continue to do it. Amen. The devil wants to destroy us. He wants to break our confidence. He wants to make sure that we're not going to have the confidence to minister to anybody else or to witness to anybody else. But just continue to do it. And then people have to decide whether they want to follow him or not. And that's the decision they have to make. But us as Christians, we just go out and do it. Amen. We just go out and witness. We just go out and evangelize. We just go out and do those things. And that's why our job's so important. The brighter our light shines, the farther out we reach. Amen. So as we continue to read the word and we continue to just focus on him and his love, our light shines brighter. And I think our influence is brighter, is, is bigger. Amen. We can affect more people the more we, we walk in his love. Amen. We don't want to be Christians who hide, our, who hide our light under a lampstand or basket and fear it may shine in somebody's eyes. I think of in the morning when I'm when waking up and the light goes on. I don't like that first couple seconds when the light goes on from the morning because it's like, oh man, I was just in darkness all, all night. It takes me a little bit to adjust. It's kind of the same thing in the world, isn't it? Sometimes when, when you present the gospel and you shine your light, it's like, oh no, I don't want that. It's too bright. No, but keep doing it. Amen. People's hearts get softened. And people get saved that way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Almost done here. Hallelujah. People who don't follow Jesus want to follow Jesus. They just don't know it yet. Amen? If people knew, um, if, if everybody knew the truth, it'd be an easy decision. Amen? If the, if the devil didn't have a hold on anybody, it'd be an easy decision. We go out and we preach the gospel because that's not the case. Amen? People who don't follow him, they know they need him. They just don't know. They just don't know it yet. Amen? They want to follow him. They just don't know it. So you may witness to somebody, let your light shine, and be the best witness that you can be to them, but if they don't want anything to do with it, it doesn't mean that you're not shining bright enough. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that that, that wasn't uh, God telling you to go over and witness to them. No, everybody has to receive it um, by the Holy Spirit. We inform people, but the Holy Spirit persuades people. Amen? It's easy to say, well, you know, once I get really full of the word, then I'll go out and I'll witness to somebody. Or once I, 
I uh, get prepared, you know, and I, I get, I have all my armor on, then I'll go out and witness to somebody. But we've got to remember that Jesus doesn't just call the prepared, he prepares the called. Amen? It's not like we just, uh, we just get prepared and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to call you to go out into these areas. No, he prepares those who he called. And I've talked about this before, you know, when Jesus said, I've been anointed to preach the gospel. Well, as Christians, we've been anointed already to preach the gospel. We've already been called. You know, many are called, the Bible says, but few are chosen. And uh, I feel like I was called to pastor way before I was prepared to pastor. Amen. And I know in life, sometimes, sometimes we're walking in a calling, but we still don't feel prepared to do it. But what do we do? We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. We're, called, we're all called to minister the gospel, even though we aren't always prepared. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 2. In the Amplified here, it says, Herald, preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcomed or unwelcomed, as you, preach, as, you as a preacher of the word and are, uh, are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking, correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and in teaching. And I love that, inexhaustible in patience. Just continue to show patience. And with your family members, continue to show patience. Amen? I know, you know, a lot of us are, are uh, uh, parents or grandparents in here. Um, and sometimes it's easy to lose patience sometimes. And your kids aren't doing what you want them to do. My kids are all in the back. They're all perfect, of course. But um, I'm the perfect parent. They're the perfect kids. It works out really great, you know. No, but we lose patience, right? Well, the Bible says that when it comes to preaching the word, it says that we encourage people. There might be times where we rebuke them, correct them, but we want to do it in inexhaustible patience and teaching. And one thing that I see here is we want to do it whether or not the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. We want to do it when it's convenient for us or when it's not convenient for us. Amen. Or welcomed or unwelcomed. You know, so there's some times where you do have to be firm. We're firm in love, right? We speak the truth in love, but sometimes people can just, you know, maybe they're on their deathbed and they just don't want to, and not, it's a time to be firm. It's not a time to worry about, well, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to offend them. No, they're on their deathbed. They need Jesus at that point, right? So maybe you need to be firm in that area. Maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe, maybe you're having a bad day and you have to get the high V and you just want to get in and out. You don't want to see anybody. Maybe it's not convenient to preach the gospel at that point. You know, I tell you what, there's some times where I'm getting ready for a, for a sermon or something, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm not in the mindset to, uh, to get into the Word today. And he has to re- kind of rebuke me. He's like, no, this is, you know, no, get in the Word. Do it. It doesn't matter what your, what your, uh, what your feelings are right now. It doesn't matter what, uh, you know, what happened during the day. Just do it. Amen. And when we when we witness the people, and that's the attitude we have to have. Amen. We might not feel like, you know, I, and I use the excuse sometimes, like, well, Lord, you wouldn't be able to use me anyway because of my attitude right now. So I'm just going to go in and out. I'm not going to talk to anybody, anything. I'm just going to try to get in. But you know what? 
we don't, sometimes we don't give God enough credit. Amen. I mean, he used, he used, uh, he'll use you even if you don't feel like being used. He'll use you even if you don't feel like being, that you're worthy to, to take on that task. Amen. <laughs> he just wants to use you, but that's why we stay in the word so we can be ready in season and out of season. Amen. I think when witnessing is common for the devil to put thoughts in our head like, well, somebody could do this way better than I could. Right? Or I should just let somebody else witness to that person. But really, when we say that, we're telling God, you made a mistake putting me here. That's really what we're saying, right? If I'm saying, well, somebody else, there's somebody else that's better for that. He's, God's saying, no, I put you here. Why are you, you know, we're, we're saying, no, God, you made a mistake. Well, God doesn't make mistakes. Amen? Esther 4.14 it says, for if you remain, uh, talking, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I believe as Christians, we're here today in Brookings, South Dakota for such a time as this. When I go to the supermarket, when I go to uh, Hy-Vee, I got to believe that I'm here for such a time as this. Amen. So I can be ready in season and out of season. You know, when I'm, um, when I'm with the kids, you know, I coach basketball, six grade basketball, and I'm with the kids, I have to believe, no, I'm here for such a time as this. To be a light, to be a witness to them. Amen. And it's true sometimes if we fail to do something, God may have a backup plan for somebody else to come in and do it, but you are here now for such a time as this. Amen. You are here now. He has, he has ordained you. He has anointed you now to do that thing. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We don't want to wait, amen, but today. You are, you are ordained, you are appointed now to do with that. And as a church, we are here now for such time as this, amen? As a church, we are here. As a you know, old body of Christ, we're here. We're in this time period, Amen. To do all that we can for the gospel's sake. To do all that we can for Jesus. Amen. And the fields are white. The fields are white for the harvest. And now, more than any time, laborers are needed. Amen. Laborers are needed to go out and to, um, and to gather the harvest for the glory of the Lord. Amen. And so I just, you know, I wanted to bring up the, the Hope of Day weekend um, just to kind of get it on everybody's mind. And... Uh, you know, I haven't done something like this for a long time. I know the fire starters, uh, I think, usually headed up every every year. Um, and I'd love to partner with fire strategy group to do that, if they're going to do that again. But I'm going out there. Even if I'm the only one out there, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to witness that whole day. And I hope, you know, as you pray about it, as you seek the Lord, help us stir something in you to do it too. Amen? Hallelujah. Because he's called you. He's called you to go out. The Bible says, go out and preach the gospel. Amen. Go to all the world. And for some of us, the world is, is just Brookings. And that's okay. That's good. Amen. For some of us, the world is our family. Yeah, for some people, the world is, um, you know, different countries. But for some of us, we might never really leave our general area. That's okay. Amen. Preach to where God has called you to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you. Uh, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that we can be a light, Lord. That we can um, minister and witness to people, Lord, in your name. That you go with us wherever we go. That your Holy Spirit is always within us. 
Father, I thank you for a great uh, night tonight for everybody here. Let you, let you bless them, that you keep them in peace, Lord. I pray for any situations right now, Lord, that um, where there's feel like there's a. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.